You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Blustein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all in private. When we first went in, one of the people said, Who are you? And Tex said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Hey, guys. Hey. Hi. Have you missed us? I bet you have. It's been a while. It has. Yeah, it has. Our know. apologies. Yeah, our apologies. But you um, know what? Us girls sometimes need yeah, some we, time to ourselves. Absolutely. We need time to do us. Yeah. And, and to be us. And to mm-hmm. live out our existential crises. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we're well, relatable. Yeah. yeah, we needed to hit pause for a minute, just to take care of, you know, personal shit. Yeah, yeah, we all seem to have periods of time where that's blocked out. And for... the weird part is they always kind of like overlap. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like they all always overlap somehow. Yeah, yeah, they really do. In one way or another. Yeah, it's true. But we're coming back full force. We are here. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're here. Before you ask us the question for tonight, right? for our listeners and for our viewers, can you please explain what you are wearing? Because yeah. I'm so intrigued yeah. by this yeah. right now. Thank you so much. So uh, this has nothing to do with the topic. Uh, which but... I'm really upset about, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Well, it could in some way. Basically, I'm wearing a shirt that I made. It's completely covered in old patches that I earned, that my gay ass earned uh-huh. when I was a Boy Scout. <laughs> yeah, I wow. see, I see the so Pinewood Derby. I got my Pinewood, Pinewood Derby. Derby. I have my archery, a bunch of camping things. Wow. And trust me, nothing salacious happened between me and the Cubmasters. Yeah, you, I tried. You guys would have heard about it already. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we would have covered it on Bizarre Buffet. We, we would have. But I, I um, had these patches for like a long time and I was like, you know, let me repurpose yeah. it and make it into like a shirt for myself. And yeah. it shows off my guns. Yeah. I sure don't do does. sleeves anymore because... I think short sleeve t-shirts dig into my armpits too much. Oh, you know yeah. what? Like, I, oh. I've been getting like that too lately. I'm, I'm not liking the fan. Like, yeah. I'm not a fan of like tight fitted shirts. Yeah. Yeah. My titties are too big. <laughs> free the armpits. Yeah. Free the armpits. Hashtag. Yeah. We're going on a crusade. Plus I got, you know, new tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Show those guns off for the yeah. camera. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. They're little pistols. <laughs> little pistols. Yeah. Yeah. They're little. They're, they're little not little like AK 47s or anything. Oh, no. They will be one day. Yeah. Imagine you like flex. Yeah. And then as soon as you flex, it just starts going pow, 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 Yeah. Yeah. Like little lasers. Exactly. Yeah. What are we doing tonight? Who are we seeing? Whose house are we invading? Who's mm. invading us? Well, I guess before we talk about the topic this is our question okay for this episode okay okay we all know that like i'm a bitter betty and i love revenge yes revenge is best served yeah. as revenge i love a good revenge yeah. story fucking love revenge that's it's necessary so i wanted to ask you both mm. About a time where you got revenge on someone. So I guess for me, since I love revenge so much, I have a lot of stories, but I'm going to just keep it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep yeah. it down to one. Yeah, let's so keep it down to uh, what three. What I used to do, and um, Mark, is aware, <laughs> Mark is totally aware of this, when I was in grammar school, I had a lot of these like asshole nuns for teachers, and they were vile and terrible and despicable. What I used to do to this one nun is I took her, you know, like the habit, like the black veil habit thing mm-hmm. that they wear. 
Well, it used to drape behind her chair at her desk. When I would go up to the board to diagram sentences, I would take the eraser and clap the eraser on her habit. So she had these like eraser marks like, love all it. over the habit. And then I got ballsy and I took her like stapler and I stapled her habit to her chair. So when she got up, when the bell rang, her habit got ripped off oh her head. <laughs> oh my God. Like, you going to hell, no? You can't remove your habit? Yeah. Send Sister Gilbert to hell. That's, That's so right. Good. That's so, so good. Burning hell, Gilbert. Um, when I was applying for grad school, I asked a couple of college professors to write me a letter of recommendations. This one professor who I worked very closely with, I took a lot of her classes, I worked on a lot of her shows. I asked her and she flat out said to me no because she essentially said that like I don't think you'll ever be good enough for grad school. Ew. What a fucking asshole. That's like defeats the purpose of her job. So the biggest fuck you was a year later because she used to every spring break take a group to London. That following year I was living over in London and she came to my school to do a workshop and it was like the biggest fuck you. Oh my God. Like, hey bitch. Hey bitch. Hey, remember me? Getting my MA. (laughs) Suck it. Good for you. Motherfucker. Double bird. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck her. Fuck her. Mark. Uh, I was dating this person once a long time ago who I don't think he knew was dating me or yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. And, um, this was the days and Mark and I were just talking recently about Craigslist and how, I don't know how the comment came up or how, like what happened or transpired, but I was like, oh yeah, that part of Craigslist doesn't exist anymore because people were prostituting themselves on it. Oh, it was oh, like men God. seeking men. No, yeah, the, I remember yeah. that. I remember that yeah. being a thing. Yeah, and it was like all sex stuff. Yeah. yeah. So during like the very short-lived time that we were seeing one another, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do some investigating and. I found this one ad on Craigslist, you know, looking for sexual adventures, perhaps. No kink shaming. Uh, listen, we're sex positive, yeah. but when the person also knows what you're doing is, you know, appropriate. Yes. So I found this one ad and I could tell, like, you know how, like, somebody's text message, like, you can tell if somebody... Like, if that's the person who's texting you. Yes. Or, like, you know, an email is written by somebody else. Correct. Right? So it was like that. I was like, this sounds like him trying to, like, disguise himself. Okay. And I created a fake email address. And you reached out to him. I did. The first time, I got no response. The second time, I got a response. And I was like, okay, so, like, send me your phone number. And as soon as he did it, I texted and I was like, because we had plans to hang out that day. And he was like, oh, are we still hanging out? And I was like, no, I don't think so. And he was like, why? Why not? And I was like, because I don't want to. And he was like, oh, well, okay, that's a little odd. So then essentially, like, I was like, do you really want to know why we're not hanging out? And he was like, yeah, I really want to know. And I was like, okay. And I sent him the screenshot of fake me. Posing as somebody wow. else. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that. And that's that was that. the end of that. For you. I know Thank someone you. who did that too. He made a fake profile and made his cheating boyfriend meet him on a street corner in New York. Oh, bitch. That's wow. so good. That's oh, really yeah. good. That is so good. That's like next level. Because I did that too. Yeah. Mark, I, oh, I was going to say. I had an ex that I lived with many, many years ago. And he was like a cheat. 
and he used to go on the, like the grinder and scruff app or whatever and, and talk to other dudes and the one time i was visiting my parents at home and i just had a weird feeling i was like i bet you that motherfucker is doing this right now so i made a fake scruff account oh my god i found him on and i messaged him and i was like hey daddy guess what winky face and he was like what winky face and i took a selfie and i looked like (laughs) like literally i remember the photo i look like first of all i look fucking hot in that photo (laughs) second of all i look like i was trying to fucking kill someone yes and i said it's your it's your boyfriend mark we're breaking up your whore (laughs) i'll be home in a little bit to grab my shit and I just, yeah. you know, let you know, went back to Jersey wow. City, packed yeah. everything, and that wow. was the end. Yeah. But he got revenge on me because I stuck him with the, like, we were under a lease. You know, we were renting. Yeah. So he had about three months left in the lease. And I was like, you can choke on the rent. I'm not living with you. I'm not living in this yeah. place. So he had to pay the full rent for the remainder of the year. And then to get revenge on me, he gouged the floors. So I lost the security deposit. Yes. So, I guess so. the moral of the story is that revenge comes in both directions. It does. Both ways. It yeah. sure does. Yeah, it does. I mean, listen, proceed with caution before pursuing revenge because it can. Worth every penny. Yeah. Because I I, yeah. I bought freedom. Yeah, freedom. there you go. Freedom. Yeah. So Let it ring. So, <laughs> while we're talking about revenge. Yeah, sure. I'm going to talk about a revenge story. Ooh. Oh. Mm-hmm. And this revenge story is about a gentleman named Marvin Haymeyer, or Heimer, H-E-E-M-E-Y-E-R. Call him Marvin. So I'm going to call him Marv. Hey, Marv. Hey, Marv. Hey, Marv. He sought revenge on an entire town. Oh, my God. How does that happen? That's a lofty endeavor. It was what lofty. What did the town do to him? Oh, yes. They they did quite oh a lot. Oh, my God. Oh, Marvin. I'm so, so intrigued. Marvin. Yeah. Marvin. 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 <laughs> so he went on a revenge gig <clears throat> on June of 2004. So it's oh. kind of like, you know, so this 16 is more years recent. ago. Wow. Yeah. So more on the recent side. Yeah, we're yeah. in the 2000s at wow. least. Yeah. That's, a lot more that's, f- that's recent for us. It is. It's yeah. very recent for us. <laughs> Considering one of our like last topics was like arsenic dresses from like the 1800s. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're always in that range somewhere. So really, let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit about Marvin, right? Yeah. So he was born October 28th. 1951. So his birthday just kind of passed. Oh my God! Happy birthday, Marv! Right, Happy right before belated. Halloween. Yeah, spooky. So Marvin originally was from I think like one of the Dakotas. He eventually moved to a town called Granby in Colorado. But before he moved there, he was also. I believe he was like uh, in the Air Force or, okay. you know, he did some sort of like warish stuff. Okay. Not he too was much. A warish boy. He was a warish boy. That's right. As one is when you're in the war. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there's not like a lot of info about his like upbringing. Granby is about 80 miles northwest of Denver, just to put it into perspective. So the name of the town is Granby. 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 I'm a Granby. <laughs> You know, his friends would describe him as a very, like, strong-willed man. He really valued freedom. Mm-hmm. He was incredibly dynamic, and he also just, like, didn't take shit from anyone. Yes. Go ahead, Marv. He yeah. loved uh, snow—not snowboarding. What is it? 
when you're like skiing? not skiing snowmobiling snowmobiling yeah clearly i'm not athletic we're not outdoorsy it's okay but he was like an outdoorsy all right so he was an outdoorsy fella marv loved his snowmobiles okay yeah he he actually did he loved colorado and he also said that he had champagne income with beer taste Champagne and cum? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, is that he like had, champagne yeah, and cum? He had champagne income. Champagne oh. income with okay. beer taste. Oh, with beer taste. So he had more and he chose less. less. Yes. Good for him. Yeah. You know what? You know, I appreciate people like that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. You don't need to flash your dollar dollar bills around. No. For everybody to see. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in 1992, he purchased two acres of land from the Resolution Trust Company for $42,000. Those two acres of land was in Granby, Colorado. Okay. With the land that he purchased, it wasn't like land like nature like dirt and grass it was kind of like a big lot like okay like, like an, an empty lot yeah like okay. an industrial have, landscape like, plans to do something with it yes and he made it happen he opened his own muffler shop oh yeah. oh that's a very specific <laughs> yeah. very specific job because he yeah. was like really muffler shop, <laughs> muffler shop. <laughs> well no because he was like good at that shit like yeah. he was good at electronics and he was like a master welding Got person it. and he, he <laughs> just knew how to do shit yeah so a garage of sorts would make sense for marv yeah yeah okay so he purchased this for $42,000 opened up his own muffler shop because he had a strong background in engineering and automobiles his brother, Ken, also describes him as someone who would bend over backwards for you. But a local town resident named Christy Baker claimed that her husband was threatened by Marv oh. after the husband refused to pay um, for a muffler repair for $124. Okay. Why didn't he pay for it? Yeah. I guess he just wasn't happy with it. But oh. Marv was like, you know, kick your ass if you don't pay. So. Yeah, Marv. I'm on Team Marv on that one. Yeah, I mean, Me listen, too. under 200 bucks for a car repair. I mean, that's not a thing, really. Marv also did really well with his repair shop. He generated money doing car restorations as well. Awesome. And what was it called? Not a snowblower. The snowmobile. 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 Like this is the second time he's asked. It's, it's never going to happen. It's like, Marv is a snow, he's a snow he's a expert. Snow angel. Yeah, he's a, a goddamn snow angel. A snow enthusiast. He, to, like, he was very passionate about like snowmobiling. Yeah. And with these snowmobiles, he also like did this all the time. And there was like a group of guys that would go snowmobiling and he would put like bumpers on their snowmobiles. So okay. he had like regulars coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He did well. He did good for himself. Right. Now... Connecting on the property that this was on, there was also a concrete batch plant, which was owned by a prominent family in the town. The owner, his name was Cody Dashef. The I owner, already don't like him. Yeah, yeah. Cody. So <laughs> Cody and Marvin had Cody. a lot of bad blood because oh. Cody had originally wanted to purchase the property before Marvin did. God damn it, Marvin. And the property that Marvin outbidded him on was during an auction. Oh. So Marvin had gotten the property. Down the line, Cody offered to buy the land from Marvin for $250,000. Marvin was like, sure, yeah, that's a good deal, right? Mm-hmm. And then he changed his mind, and he was like, you know what? They have money. 
I'm going to charge them $375,000. Yeah. Marvin. So, Marvin. 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 After that, Cody was like, okay, fine. You know, $375,000. Mm-hmm. So then Marvin was like, nope. I changed my mind Marvin, about that. Yeah, no, th- you're getting a little Marvin too crazy is a now. Little, he's a, he's a questionable character. I, it sounds like he's that. a little like every, hot. Every and cold. person in this sounds yeah. very yeah. questionable. I mean, he loves snowmobiling and has a muffler repair shop. Yeah. So yeah. Marvin has um yeah continue. I'm sorry. So then Marvin was like, "No, I'm going to sell it for a million dollars." Oh, Marv, come on. Now. He ended up selling it, but not to, like, I don't think he sold it to this concrete plant. Okay. Mm. The information is kind of, like, unclear, and I didn't want to go down this rabbit hole of, like, receipts um, for the podcast, because it's not as fun. Like, I don't really care how much he sold it for. Exactly. It doesn't matter. After selling the property, he still got to keep his muffler shop. Okay, so muffler he shop, muffler shop, muffler snowmobile shop. And in, in the entire process of this, of him like you know trying to sell the land and da da da, da there was a lot going on. For example, the town of Granby was doing like rezoning. Okay, and this is what really starts the whole process. Oh so, shit, rezoning is controversial. It, well, it is in this yeah. case. Yeah. So in two thousand one, uh, Granby Zoning Commission and trustees approved for the concrete plants to put up a new construction on that lot of land. So that new construction would be blocking the entrance for his for his repair shop for his muffler shop hell no oh fuck that marvin isn't gonna take this easily absolutely not Mm -mm. and marvin spent tens and thousands of dollars to appeal the decision but but the town just did not side with him and to put salt on the wound he was also fined twenty five hundred dollars on the spot for not having a septic tank on the property (sighs) that his muffler shop was on and then when that came to fruition the town was like you need to connect your sewage to the town sewage thing rather than a septic tank somebody didn't like marv correct so they said to him you have to do it and it's going to cost you eighty thousand dollars and if you don't do it we're going to find your ass so i think this is also part of the motivation that he had to sell this because he was like this is bullshit and they're trying to railroad his ass yeah they they were totally railroading him (laughs) they were it seems that you know a lot of the like the townspeople were kind of like railroading against him because you had this affluent family that owned the concrete plant and a lot of property you know trying to buy it out from him and create problems with the construction you had the zoning board, you had townspeople, the mayor, like just a lot of people just didn't really like him. Yeah. Okay. Because I guess he was standing in the way of them making more money. Yeah, of course. And you know? once and once you do something like that, you know, once you have like county and state going against you, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. So because of this whole thing with like the sewage system and all this crap, he was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna sell the property so he sold it to someone else and he ended up still keeping his uh muffler repair shop okay because he was renting it from that person got you so he was renting it from them like renting the land after he sold it yep gotcha yep 
And now this is where revenge Ooh. comes into place and Marvin. where it gets a little dark and bizarre buffet. Okay, <gasps> we're ready. During this whole hoopla, the whole battle with the zoning board, right? Local media made a mockery of him. He had really bad blood with certain townspeople. He had bad blood with the zoning board. He had bad blood with the police. And he had really bad blood with the Doe Chef family. He was just becoming like more and more pissed and enraged with the world. Because everybody was against him in this area. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the same way. Hell yeah. He rented this space for 18 months. So for the 18 months leading to June 4th, 2004... He utilized this small space for his revenge project. Oh, shit. As part of his revenge, the first thing he did is that he purchased a bulldozer. I think I know what you're talking about. No. Is, this, is this a Netflix thing? I found out that it was a Netflix uh, thing. Okay, continue, continue, because Jerry uh, and I yeah. watched this on Netflix oh a while ago. Oh, my God. I, and I still don't know what it right, is, so right. this is interesting. Yeah, but I only listened to half of it, so I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I know. It's like, it's like the, the, the beginning of the story. It's kind of boring because it's like, oh, zoning mufflers. board, mufflers, and zoning Snow board. You tell know. me more, tell, tell me, me more. more. Does he have a snowmobile? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for he purchased a bulldozer, mm-hmm. and okay. for 18 months, he was working on creating a kill dozer. Oh, my God. Oh my god. So let's talk he, about the kill dozer. Yeah, Marvin All snapped. Right. Let's go. Yeah, for what it. did it consist of? Yeah, because yeah, this is the what shit that gets me going. What type of materials did he use? I bet it was yeah. loud because he had a muffler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he probably used some intense fucking metal. Oh, for sure. You know I love talking about design. Oh, yes. yeah. Especially when it fits into our universe. Absolutely. All right, so this bulldozer, right? It took up the entire space of the unit. And because there was only, like, one inch of room, he was like, it's perfect mathematical precision. God wanted me to do this. Oh, this is usually the case. God spoke to me. God always will speak to you and tell you to do this. It was like Butcher Brown, you know, and he... When he was doing his our, another episode of ours, Butcher Brown, and when he was doing these botched surgeries on people who mm-hmm. were transgendered, he said God told him to help these people because they needed the help. Which good message, yeah. yep. bad execution. Yes. Yeah. The bulldozer itself was a Komatsu D355A. How do I know this? Because I own bulldozers. Okay, no, exactly. Because we're knocking down where <laughs> yeah, we live like to put a bulldozer. No, yeah. Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, Wikipedia. Owns bulldozers. Yeah, absolutely. So we're having well, a bulldozer think, expert come in so we can live yeah. in a bulldozer. I think that my Boy Scout shirt might actually be appropriate. Yeah, it might it's be. It's like outdoorsy. Well, and this was an outdoorsman. Oh, well, there you go. See? I get a bulldozer. Are bad. A bulldozer. For getting plowed. Hey. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is something that I feel like could like fall along the lines of a Pinewood Derby. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, look at this. But there's this, the connection to the Boy Scouts. There you go. Thanks, Jen. There you go. So I love it. The bulldozer took up so much space that for him to like work on it, he had to like do it with inside the bulldozer oh. or being suspended oh, from like the ceiling. And did no one live nearby? No one did because it was like a non-residential oh. area. Oh. I bet you because of his muffler expertise, he his had that expertise. space. 
You it was right. Oh yeah. yeah. He designed a makeshift armor with concrete <laughs> and metal plates, which completely covered the bulldozer. Damn. Parts oh, sounds like Mad Max. It looks like it's from Mad oh, Max. Oh, fun. Parts yeah. of the yeah. Yay. Yay. No, this thing is so cool looking. So I know things. Parts parts of the armor were over one foot thick with concrete sandwiched between sheets of steel. Oh my god, Shit. that's yeah. He was planning on doing yeah. some bulldozing. From this design, the machine was immune to small firearms and even explosives. Oh. When it was complete, it ended up looking like a brutalist building or like the ship that the ja- the Jawas. Jawas. The Jawas. The Jawas. Jawas used in Star Wars. And for those I of you who don't it. know. I can see that too. You know that like trapezoid thing that's yeah. like. <laughs> well, for those who don't know what a Jawas trapezoid is what the fuck is they're it because like i don't know you've seen them they're like those little Mark's creatures put in a star picture wars in yeah right yeah. here uh, are, for those are of you watching on they're like yeah. the little like you know scrap metal like creatures in star wars but and it's they like, they're the junkyard people yes. yeah and they like have the hoods and you just see the eyes yeah oh okay they look like shrunken grim reapers and okay. they pretty much like take scraps and they like take old like droids and stuff yeah that's like, um, like they found c-3po right yeah they like could they took r2 D2 and C3PO and he was like oh my voice over work yeah <laughs> we so, <laughs> so basically he made this like rusty looking trapezoid thing mm. and it was completely made out of metal sheets it was so strong that when he did go on his rampage 200 rounds of ammunition were fired at it and three external explosives, and it did absolutely nothing to the tank. Oh, well, that's all the concrete behind the metal. And now this is where it gets even more weird with the design. Oh. Ready? The most bizarre thing, in my opinion, about this is that it had no it had no windows. No windows? It had no windows. So when he's like... <laughs> When he's driving it, he can't physically see where he's going. It's like, life is a highway. It's like Helen Keller. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. So instead, of, instead of having windows, he put video cameras that were uh-huh. positioned on the outside of That's this. Hot. And with the video cameras, they were secured with bulletproof glass. Oh, my God. And compressed nozzles that would blow air and dust off of the camera. Damn, Marv. Now, the cameras were hooked up to these, like, bulky computer monitors that were inside the tractor. So, he was able to see the outside world from inside. Holy shit. Now, there was also fans and an air conditioner that he kept so he could be cool (laughs) while he drove. And Makes sense. It does. Yeah. Because it's also, like, June. Yeah, climate control. And ports were designed... Fitted for rifles to shoot out of, though he kind of botched that because when he tried to shoot outside of it, it would like hit something and bounce back inside. Oh. So he kind of failed on that front. Listen. Now, once this was built, after a year and a half, he starts his rampage. So let's talk about the June 4th demolition. Oh my God, I'm ready. I'm here. So on a sunny day on June 4th, 2004, Marvin was ready to strike back. Whoa. Like that the zoning Empire. board. Oh, oh, the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. Wookiees. Uh, he entered his bulldozer and closed the lid. By the design of this, there was no way to exit once the lid was shut. 
the lid require a crane in order for it to be removed. What? But Marvin had no intention on leaving the vehicle. Oh my God. Dedicated to the cause. Mm-hmm. How dark, Marvin. Yes, girl. It's I'm dark as shit. Setting the stage here. I love wow. it. After he starts the engine, he drove his armored car right through the wall of his former business to the outside. So the farmer muffler shop? Yep. Yeah. Well, don't look, don't go there for your muffler repair. I won't. <laughs> He had a very specific agenda mapped out for his course of destruction. What was it? Well, all he had to do was make a sharp right turn because he went straight for the concrete plant. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> I assume. Course, yeah. yeah, fuck this place first, number yeah. one. So he, and then what was on number two list? Yeah. Well, let me talk about the concrete plant real quick. Oh, that's it. He... <laughs> Yeah, he just wrecked Sorry. the concrete plant. He drove through the concrete yeah, he's plant. He's like, fuck these bitches. He plowed his killdozer right the fuck through the yeah. concrete plant. And he's like, fuck your concrete, so he fuck was you. Like, he could see it all being demolished as he was driving. On his cameras. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. That yeah. is. Wow. Yeah, Damn. for sure. After he, you know, destroyed some of the property on the concrete plant, the next place he went to... Town Hall. Is the Town Hall. <laughs> oh my, yeah. I was right? You were right. Oh my right. God, I'm so proud. Mark, and, gold star for yeah, you. Thank you. Oh my God. You get a tractor. Wow, I wish. So I have nowhere to park it. He goes right to the Town Hall, the perfect place to attack, considering that it was... Basically, you know, goddamn zoning board. Where the zoning board, motherfuckers, and where like a lot of this war and this battling took place. Yeah. Also, he wants to fuck over the town. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you guys and fuck that concrete plant. And while you know demolishing the town hall, he also wrecked a playground that was um, attached to it. Oh, well, with the small library that was attached listen, to it as well. That's a big vehicle, I'm sure. There yeah. are going to be casualties. She took. Yeah. She a, she a big girl. Yeah, she, yeah. I will say this. If you go back and you watch, like, footage of this, this thing, like, oh, moves. It moves really slow. It right? moves, like, one mile an hour. It moves really it's, fucking slow. I mean, it's like moving an apartment building. It's like, Exactly, because it's like, you probably are picturing, like, someone speeding <laughs> through town, but, like, no. no, it's, like, the slowest moving thing in the world. Like, the police were chasing on foot by walking, but they're... they're <laughs> No, there's like footage. They were like, there's, like mm. there's a whole Netflix thing about it, and wow. you see, yeah. Oh and it's funny because I, I saw the Netflix documentary about it, and they really tried to over dramatize this, and they like amp up the sound effects, and it's like, oh yeah, and it's like. It wasn't really no. like that. No, they had the post-production people yeah. come in. Like when you see those videos on Facebook when they're like, recreate foot taps. Yeah. They were doing that for the bulldozer. <laughs> so after he hit up the town hall, his next stop was the office of the local newspaper. Yeah. His bone to pick with them was the fact that they wrote, you know, editorial stories about him and not really painting him in a favorable light. Well, yeah. So he, like, <laughs> wrecked that building. I mean, I see his logic. I would do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so then the next one is... Reasonable. The next one's my favorite out of all the shit that he wrecked. Once he created destruction at the newspaper office, he moved toward the home of Thelma Thompson, mm. who was an 82-year-old woman. Why? <laughs> I wrote why in the notes. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. He was like, she didn't didn't pay for her muffler. Why, Grandma? The reason why was because her husband was the former mayor, and his name was Dick Thompson. 
who by this time he was we're deceased. Immature, we're laughing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Dick. But he was already dead by now, not because of the, you know, revenge gig. Um, he died in 2001. So she was a widow. In Marvin's eyes, Dick Thompson served as the mayor while Marvin was fighting the town. Okay. So he was like, you're part of it. You're part of it. Like, even though the mayor eventually died, he still wanted to at least destroy his property. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would have been like, yes, kill Nancy Reagan. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody did, unfortunately. So to get revenge on this family, he drove his home to the widowed wife. Mm -hmm. And Thelma Thompson was called by the police and they were like, you need to get out of the house. A guy is coming with a bulldozer. At to one wreck mile your... an hour. Yeah. yeah, so you have time. And you have time. <laughs> you have time. Yeah, pack a they few things. Her, they woke her up from like a, she was like napping in the afternoon and she was like, what? Yeah. And then like she had to like exit the house and well, he showed up and pfft, yeah, know, well, nothing to be house. concerned about. You yeah. have yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, you have time to wake up Watch Get yourself together. You can. You can. The end of Jeopardy. Yeah. Take a shower. Yeah. yeah. Freshen up. Yeah. You got to pack a bag. You got at least shit. nineteen minutes and fifty seconds. Get the cat. Do yeah. a lot of laundry. Yeah. yeah. And get out. But you. But if you don't, though, eventually, your house will be taken down. Yes. Yeah. Well, she wasn't taken down. She got out, and everything was fine. Her oh, house. Bad. The house was destroyed. That family also owned a lot of the land in that town, so they had this constant distribution of money. Mm. Also, that family had multiple generations of family members that have lived there that have always had land. So yeah. it's like money always goes to money. Yeah. And money to money. That's and right. I think that's how Marvin saw them. Yeah. Now, somewhere in the process of all this, he did drive to this area that had propane tanks. And I don't know why he went towards this propane tank factory, but he went there with intentions on blowing it up. So he shot uh, his gun from it. Mm -hmm. The bullets were not hitting because of the flaw in the design. Okay. So no luck there. So he was like, oh, I'm just going to have to move along. Yeah. Move along. Move along. Now, finally, Marvin makes his last stop, and it's to a local hardware store. This was the last stop because now his machine started to smoke due to either, like, antifreeze or coolant stuff. Okay. While plowing through at a very, very glacial pace. <laughs> glacial pace. And glacial. by plowing through, we mean slowly. Yeah. Very slowly. Very slowly. Through. He didn't know that this, like, hardware shop had a basement. So oh, God. The, <laughs> his, like, his killdozer got, like, stuck in, like, the basement. Mm. And he got, like, halfway through. And he couldn't move. And then a truck came in and like blocked him so now he was trapped and he was this is like the end of the line here for for marvin the reason why he came after this hardware store was because the owner of it was part of a lawsuit with marvin so marvin just has bad blood with everyone yeah really he's not liked in that town no and he left like i think two and a half hours worth of audio to sent to the public for the police and it was just two and a half hours of like rambling you know he was just calling out everyone in the town Mm. and why he was doing this and you can hear all of that on youtube i listened to most of it and doing this 
it, it, it's it's interesting, but it's very long. Long winded. Well, he had a lot of time. Yeah, he had a lot of time. That was like what a three hour trip. Yeah, and also too, when he like busted through his like shed or storage, whatever. Like when he busted through like the building he was renting from, the police got there and they saw that he had just like papers all over the walls and stuff with all the information of the people he wants to get revenge on. uh, Manifesto. Yeah. Wow. Basically police and helicopters swarm the area. It took them hours to be able to remove the lid of the tank to access Marvin. By his design. By his design. When they finally got inside, he had been dead. Marvin took a pistol and shot himself in the head. Mm Mm-hmm. Since then... Oh, I didn't realize he, like, ended his life. Yes. Wow. He, I did not... I, for some reason, always just assumed he was still alive, but... Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the only person that died in this. Well, no one No one was killed. Well, at least well, nobody was killed. Unfortunately, yeah. some people's homes were wrecked. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I guess it's better than... It's better than death. Yeah. Since then, most of the damage in Granby, it's been rebuilt, including the town hall. One thing I always wondered is like, well, what happened to the bulldozer? Oh my God. Where is it? Where is it? Can we get a piece of it? I want a piece of it. Well, to keep people like us from getting pieces of it. Oh, of uh, course. (laughs) Uh, Boring. It was taken apart and sold for scrap metal, never to be seen again. Imagine like people could be like owning a tractor. Yeah. With a piece of scrap metal. Well, from and I this. mean, and from, I from Marv's. Yeah, and I honestly feel as Bulldozer. though that's a lot less grim than some of the other things that are sold. So oh, it's yeah. like, yeah. oh, this big effort to sell this thing that the oh, you know, he didn't kill anybody. Yeah, and, and I think he just wanted. Himself. I think he was just he wanted to make sure that the town paid, literally. Yeah, paid. yeah. that's why he was doing all of the damages there. Now, yeah. to some people, Marvin has become a hero, you know, for standing up for his beliefs and going against the man. And I respect that. And yeah. I, I love revenge. And I love when people, like, break a of town course. hall. Yeah. He took on the establishment head on. And when he couldn't win, he turned to demolition. You know, though I love the fact that he was doing this vigilante justice. He was also like a god warrior, you know. That just wrecked it for me. <laughs> Oh, Mark. Mm. Uh, Well, Marvin, you know, you had me on your side until I found that out. Yeah, like, that's where I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was like, I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm like, oh. Oh, God, you had to wreck it, didn't you? Of course. You you couldn't have fucking left it alone when you're going after. Because, you know, that story is very real. Yeah, You know, like, it's very real. So. And it's so current, too. Like, so recent. Yeah. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. How much money do you think was done in damages? Oh, God. What, like $2 million more? You say $2 million? What do you say? I'm going to say $5 million. $7 million. Wow. So on the oh, Price is Right, yeah. you would get it. I would, I would get it. Yeah. And he demolished like 13 And Bob would probably say something really off-color to me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then he would expect a kiss. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and 13 buildings were demolished. Wow. Well, oh, shit. I mean, the story that of Marvin. Fantastic the, story. That was good. The, the kill dozer. Dozer. That's the story of Marvin and the kill dozer. I Holy love it, Marvin. Holy shit. Yeah. That was fantastic. Well, Thank you. 
If you want to fund our Killdozer, you should probably start by going to patreon.com slash buffet where you can get many wonderful things. First tier, you get unseen footage. You get a hello. You get a pin, you get a, a postcard. You get a yeah. button made by Mark Toriello himself. Absolutely. Who put his blood, sweat, and tears into it. And his Killdozer. Yeah. And Quite yes. literally. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, for the last year, you get many, many things too. Blindfolded drawings. From all of us. You're choosing. Do you want us to do a blindfolded drawing of Marvin's Killdozer? We, we can, can do, do it. it. That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. And you get a video shout out yeah, with the other perks from the yeah. tier one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, on Instagram, we're at Bizarre Buffet. We have a website, bizarrebuffet.com. And we're on Facebook too, in case you use and that. And YouTube. And YouTube. Hi. Hey, guys. Hi. Do you see watching? us? We're in the window of the Killdozer. Yeah. And we're coming very slowly. Yeah. You can yeah. watch us on YouTube and you can see all the beautiful outfits that we wear. Yeah, absolutely. Mark Torrio is talking about himself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Except yeah. I will say, Jerry, I made Jerry style me tonight. I love this. I was going to say, I really. Jerry's. Oh, it's oh. cute. I like it. Oh my it's god. Very outdoorsy. It is. Yes. It's comfortable. Yeah. So I guess with that being said, I'm Town Hall. Marvin drove through me hard. <laughs> and I'm the muffler shop. Oh my god, that's so good. And I am the killdozer itself. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. Yes. Oh. Killdozer. <laughs>